Hey, this is the Steiner Recliner, and you are listening to the Music Podcast from KCSU-FM. Recently, I had the chance to talk to Johnny Ashburn from the Massachusetts post-rock band Caspian. Johnny and I discussed the inspiration behind their most recent album, Dust and Disquiet, as well as the EP they just released this year, Castles High, Marble Bright. Among other things, we also discussed his profession as a woodworker, Caspian's rigorous tour schedule, and his entrance into the band. Check it out. Hey, this is Johnny from Caspian. Hey, Johnny, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Doing all right, dude. How have you been? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Very nice. Very nice. How's tour treating you? Uh, it's it's all right. We had our trailer blow up the other day, but we're all safe. So. Oh, goodness. <laughs> other, what other happened? That, everything's pretty good, man. Yeah. What yeah. happened with the trailer? <laughs> What's that? What happened with uh, the trailer? Lo- long story. Uh, Axle blew off again. Oh, <laughs> no. But all the gear is okay? Yeah. You guys are all good? Yeah, yeah, totally. Very nice, yep. man. Well, I mean, yeah, besides that uh, that atrocity, like you said, tour's been going well, life's been okay. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yep, very much so, very much so. Nice, man. Uh, well, let's just get into it. There's a lot I want to get into uh, with you as far as, um, you know, Dustin Disquiet as well as the uh, Castle's High Marvel Bright EP. But uh, first of all, I kind of want to talk about your musical upbringing um, as a musician. One of the things I appreciate about Caspian uh, so much is, I guess, just how orchestral you guys are uh, and the fact that the instrumentation kind of stands alone. So I'm curious if you have any background like in an orchestral setting or if you just kind of grew up playing guitar. Um, I'm one of the ones who just grew up playing guitar. Um, Aaron, one of our guitar players, uh, is classically trained, um, and does a lot of, uh, does a lot of the scoring for, uh, the string section. Um, Phil's also pretty involved in that, in that side of things. Um, I grew up in, in DC, kind of in the, uh, the old, like, Fugazi kind of, uh, hardcore scene or, something like that. So a little, I had a little bit more like, uh, just edgy, like, uh, self-taught, uh, upbringing when it came to, to learning guitar, uh, as opposed to some of the other guys, but it's nice to have like a, a diverse, uh, approach to things, I think as well. Um, so yeah. Very cool. And so what, can you talk a little bit about what your earlier experiences were like playing in bands then? Were you more of a kind of a hardcore kind of, kind of dude? Yeah, like a, a little, little mathier, uh, edgier kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I just I spent years just trying to find people who would get out on the road, like unsuccessfully for years and years until Caspian. Okay. So uh, it's nice to have finally found that. I mean, I yeah, it's just tough to find people that would you know walk away from jobs and and girlfriends and stuff, which is completely understandable. Uh, it just just took a little while, but. Uh, these guys have always been all super dedicated and uh, really in it for the for the long haul, which which I respect quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. what I guess that leads my next question: how how did you come to be involved in Caspian? Um, I grew up in Washington D.C. and I was playing um, I was playing with my band there, and uh, this was seven or eight years ago. And uh, we played a show with Caspian. Um, they crashed at my place. I made them breakfast in the morning, and they asked me if I wanted to do 70 shows in 74 days in Europe out of nowhere. So they're like, last night was your tryout. I was like, I did not know that. <laughs> 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 that was, uh, 
yeah, that's that's the long and short of it. Yeah, right away, just kind of dropped everything and, and started playing with them. Um, yeah. Wow. I, I guess the, the pancakes were also pretty sweet, too, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, well, it was like <laughs> breakfast sandwiches. I've got a special breakfast sandwich that I make for Ben. So, uh, yeah, I think that, that might have been it. <laughs> Dude, even better. So what was that first European tour like? Uh, it was Yeah, it was 70 shows in, in 74 or 76 days or something like that. I mean, it was... It was long and uh, and grueling, but for me, it was my first. You know, it was my first real big tour, and uh, I think maybe my second time in Europe. But um, uh, that was. I mean, I couldn't have had any more fun on that tour. It was a chance to get out and see how things worked uh, in the in the music world for real. You know, overseas and get to didn't have a lot of time to go out and see stuff, and we still don't really when mm-hmm. we are on the road. Um, but we, we made some time here and there to, to catch some sights and, and meet people and, um, just being able to play music in a different city every day for, for a bunch of people who who are enjoying it is a real, real privilege, privilege. And, uh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you guys did 70 days, you probably covered a pretty good part of Europe then. Yeah, I think we did all of it. I mean, I don't know what part we missed or could have missed in 70 days. Yeah. I'm sure I know it. You know, I know that we were down in Spain and France and that we were up in Scandinavia, uh, probably over in Poland, I think, on that tour as well. Uh, and I'm not sure if we hit the UK on that one, but I think we did as well. I mean, it was, it was really, that was an all-encompassing tour for sure. And, I don't know if we've ever done uh, three months with, you know, that kind of that kind of schedule since then. I mean, I certainly don't recommend it yeah. doing more than once at least. <laughs> but once you're through it, it's nice to nice to have done it. Yeah, and I mean, you guys already have a pretty grueling tour, tour schedule as well, right? Yeah, we've been out for quite a bit this year. I think uh, uh, I don't I don't have the the exact amount of time, but I'd say we're, we've been since the record came out uh, last September, um, and so I feel like I'm, we've been out for at least half the year, if not more than that, um, on and off. So, yeah, it's been it's been quite a bit. Been hitting the U.S. pretty hard um, this cycle, and um, it's uh, I dig it. It's a big it's a big beautiful country. It's nice to yeah. get out and see it. There's a, a lot of I mean, it's. I feel like the U.S. is as as diverse as Europe is, but all within the same country, uh, and there's quite a quite a bit to see here. So, yeah, I guess that's a good point. In the U.S., you at least see a little bit of crossover where you're going, but you're up there. I'm assuming at least maybe on that tour, or if you said you've been there before, there was a little bit of that culture shock, kind of seeing yeah. stuff. Yeah, we we definitely got a little bit of that going over to Europe for a while. Um, and now it's a little bit more, you know, it's a little bit more normal for us. These, for us is like China, when we go, it's, you know, still, still a little bit of a culture shock. Uh, I mean, in, in, a, in a great way. Um, so yeah, just always looking for somewhere new to go, you know, something new to, new to experience and being in a band is a pretty good way to do that. I, I think. Yeah. No kidding. Well, very cool. How do you feel like you you manage all that then, uh, especially being on the road as often as you guys are? 
not as well as I could. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I was just talking to uh, one of our guitar players, Aaron, yesterday. I was, like, we had a couple minutes before uh, before we had to leave the hotel in the morning, and I was just sitting down with my computer doing some work because I do woodworking when I'm at home, so I've got a you know business on the side, and I was sitting down doing work. And, was, and and we just we had a little sh- short conversation about how tough it is to like get motivated to like do all the other real life things you have to do like when you're on tour just because yeah. it's pretty exhausting like we've got plenty of time in the van but like do I want to like pull up sketches and start drawing stuff out and sending emails to clients in the van I kind of just want to get a little bit more sleep and yeah just like press press snooze and uh, wake up at the venue you know so it's a, it's not easy like getting everything all your keeping all your ducks in a row while you're on tour it takes a lot of uh intentionality i think in terms of staying in touch with family and <clears throat> and friends while we're all out on the road and keeping our respective businesses going um while we're while we're away but it's it's doable uh not easy but it's definitely doable yeah for sure. And now yeah. I'm actually fascinated. You said you are a woodworker. What if, uh, do you have kind of a, an area within that that you focus on or something that you feel like you really specialize in? Um, I've been, I, I, yeah, I guess I'd like to be doing mostly furniture. Uh, I still enjoy, I've, I've been doing carpentry for, since I was 18. So I don't know how many years, uh, you know, 20 or 15, 16 years. Um, and it was just I was building houses for a long time, uh, but now I've got my own business, and I, I it can't be too large scale because we're on tour all the time. Yeah. Um, but I like doing furniture and building decks, doing you know custom built-ins and stuff like that, uh, building stuff for my wife. <laughs> so, um, yeah, definitely a lot of work keeping all that stuff together while we're on tour, uh, for sure. Because I got to got to make sure I come back to work and leave with. You know, when I leave, make sure everything's done. But uh, I'm pretty lucky in that I get to do two things that I really love. Um, and, yeah, so. Nice, man. I mean, that is the dream, though. You're, yeah, quite literally making yeah. a living off of it's your not, passions. It's it's not easy, and it's time-consuming, and it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy, but it, it definitely uh, it definitely is the dream, for sure. Nice. Very cool. I, I am yeah. definitely curious, too. Have you ever forayed into the world of being, like, a luthier? You know what? I haven't yet. Uh, I absolutely will. Yeah. Uh, that's that's something that'll come when I have a little bit more free time. That it's that's gonna have to start as like a a passion project, and free time is pretty difficult for me to find. Yeah. Um, I mean, aside from yeah, I get to do two things that I love, and trying to find like fit, you know, free time <laughs> in between all that's kind of kind of tough but uh yeah i definitely at some point will we'll get into that i imagine it'll start with like building you know amp cabs and stuff like that um and you know buying necks and building a guitar body uh i would love to i imagine the next couple of years i'll give something like that a shot uh i'd certainly prefer to uh make stuff myself yeah that's, that's for sure Nice, man. Well, I'm definitely going to stay tuned for that because with the nice. tone that you guys have, I would love to see what you do. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. And, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the uh, 
to the Denver show, man. Dude, I am fun. too. It's gonna be it's gonna be so great to see you guys play because yeah. I I got a little taste of it. I watched your guys' audio tree of live session. Um, oh, cool. And then I kept watching it because <laughs> nice. it's yeah. I there's something about that session. I think the the visual elements to you guys' show as well as just um, I don't know just sonically how diverse your band is like there was a lot of it and, and i'll get into it in a little as well um and just kind of talking yeah. about that i think uh what i really want to talk about with you too is the the juxtaposition of dust and disquiet as well as castles high and marble bright just because um you know dust and disquiet definitely had a, a like a louder but a darker tone to it um compared to previous yep. releases and so i'm yep. a little curious how you guys were feeling going into that one uh we spent we spent a lot of time writing that record. It was a pretty, uh, I think it was, we were in a, we were in our space for eight months doing three or four days a week, um, writing that record. And it was definitely, um, definitely a super emotional record for us. And there, there's, there's some pretty, some pretty dark spots in that record. And I'd say overall it's a, it's a darker record. There's certainly hints of hope in there. Mm. Um, but I think the biggest one is in Castles High, Marble Bright, which got recorded in those, that same session, but didn't um, make it onto the record for uh, for various reasons, just kind of saving, saving something for later and also just didn't quite fit um, with the flow. Um, and yeah, I don't, we're we're closing with that song on this tour, and I I can't say I've ever had more fun playing a Caspian song every night. Um, it's really nice to have have that song out there. It's just such such a joyful expression for us. You know, it's a little diff, you know it's it's a little happier than than almost everything I guess on on Dust and Disquiet, um, and a nice like uplifting note for us to, to end these shows on. Yeah. Um, we, we did a, we had a, we took a hiking trip uh, for our guitar player, Aaron got married and his, his bachelor party for his bachelor party. We uh, went up into the white mountains and did some hiking. Um, and the name came from uh, the name came from that, that trip. Um, just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much more I could dig into that, but, it was just certainly like a, a, a time of like peace and like togetherness and hopefulness that we all really connected with. And um, kind of every time we play that song, it just reminds me of being on, being on top of those mountains together as a band, you know? Um, yeah. It's a pretty excellent experience. And then, and sorry, that that's the first song off the EP, right? That you're talking about. That is, yeah. Oh, okay, yep. and that definitely makes sense because I heard Dustin is quiet, and uh, I mean, I loved it because of how you know heavy it was, uh, and like how dark it was. But yeah, compared to like previous stuff I'd heard from you guys, I knew you guys definitely took a turn. Um, and you know, given the events that happened around that record, I, I think it made sense. But uh, I think you guys definitely captured that image though of like hope and basically standing on a mountain as well because that's that's i don't know that that's what i felt with the the ep it's it's very a lot, a lot of tremolo picking a lot of really high notes it's a big yep. fan yep so yep. very the, cool. uh the other song on there um 
127 North is um, was just there was one day in our in our practice space where we record pretty much every rehearsal. Like at the end, we'll take what we did and record it. Um, and I think I think that that second song on their 127 North was really just one uh, one rehearsal where at the end we recorded. You know, we had that and didn't touch it until we got into the studio and then in the studio it's like hey let's just let's just mess around all get in the same room all at the same time like no no overdubs nothing just all of us in the same room doing this thing that we did this one day at our rehearsal space um so that's i mean process wise it was certainly like way out of our element but re a really nice departure from what what we normally do as well um it was pretty that was pretty fun to do something that way, kind of be in the same room because normally it's starting with drums, going to guitar or you know bass and then guitars, and overdubs and stuff like that, and to be able to kind of just be there all together and record this one song together that we all wrote together on more or less one day uh, was a pretty neat experiment for us. Um, but yeah. Wow. So that was that does lead me to another question. Then, when you guys are writing, is it it's is it it sounds like it's fairly meticulous in how you guys have everything planned out. Um, whereas that song was sounds more like it, there was an element of improvisation to it. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's a very our writing process is a whiteboard filled with stuff. <laughs> wow. But that one was not really. That one was just you know, that was just us getting together and having fun what you know the day we wrote it and the day we recorded it you know yeah um, i mean we're we're always having fun when we're, we're usually having fun when we're writing uh but that you know that was a that was a different different kind of feeling which was which was nice um yeah nice very cool um would you say then that you guys would kind of open maybe like change it up then to add more elements of improv to it or are you guys pretty um like i said, wouldn't say i wouldn't say improv i think that might have been like a relatively special situation we might experiment with with doing some live recording um you know doing a song or two like that song where we all uh record everything together you know if it's if it's an appropriate song for that some songs will lend themselves um to a, a process like that i think um but I don't know if improvisation is really our like the way that the way that work that we work. Um, it's fairly complicated stuff. That's very it's intentional and, and composed. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, improvisation has never really been like what we between when we write something and when we record it, things will get changed here and there. Um, but once it's recorded, things are pretty nailed down. Uh, I mean, almost completely. There, there's there's some small changes here and there that we would make, but it's not really improvisation. It'd just be little tweaks, you know. Um, and a lot of time, it's just pedal tricks. <laughs> yeah. So if, if anything has changed, but right. It it, uh, it sounds yeah. like for the most part, somebody will come in with a uh, with an idea, and you guys will just kind of add on top of it or subtract from it. Yep. Nice. Very. Yeah. Common. More or less. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, it's, I mean, sometimes we'll spend, uh, the whole, you know, four, four hours on writing 15 seconds of an ending of a song. 
Wow. And that's, you know, that gets a little trying sometimes. It's like, oh, man, I need to go up and have a smoke. Like, who really yeah. think this, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's all, it takes all shapes and sizes to get these, uh, get these songs out. And we're not opposed to using uh, any method, you know? There's not one thing that works for us. It's, got, it's really really a mix of of anything and any any good idea that anybody has is kind of is just welcome anywhere you know yeah no, that makes sense very cool that's interesting and i think it definitely reflects on your guys's records because it everything sounds like it should be there you know there, there isn't that's much of a question great to, to hear <laughs> yeah um i am curious then how intentional that is with sequencing um because it it seems like every record has sort of a narrative arc to it and i know yeah. on your audio tree session you guys are kind of kind of kind of keep the story under wraps um with everything it is but uh would you say there is kind of an arc to most of the stuff that you guys try to write uh oh absolutely and um in terms of in terms of the order of the record um phil phil does a lot of that and even with set list got a real good eye for uh understanding how you know one song is a mountain and another song is a valley and you kind of go back and forth um between these two places and how you know how they connect and how they work together um he's got a great understanding of that and it really helps once these songs are written for us to pull things together and even before the songs are all done being written it's like hey this is kind of how this record is feeling like what are we what are we missing here what's what are the, what are the, these last couple songs going to gonna portray or what are they gonna what feeling are they gonna give out you know um and kind of work to make that uh make that a reality and, and kind of stitch all those those different pieces together nice and i guess just at the end just kind of like try and convey an emotion yeah yeah absolutely yeah. very cool very cool man well finally i am curious uh i'm a bit of a gearhead so i saw like i said i saw your audio tree session you guys all have massive boards So I'm just kind of curious what your top three pedals are that you have been loving on these days. Uh, My favorite right now are uh, a company called Fuzz Rocious. Okay. Um, I've got three other pedals, uh, two two fuzz pedals and a reverb pedal. Uh, It's kind of a smaller boutique operation, but uh, their 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 heavy distortion sounds are unrivaled to me and they've got some pretty cool tricks and they will mod like they'll modify any pedal that they have or take any two pedals that they have and put them into the same pedal for you. And, uh, just some pretty, pretty cool stuff that they're doing. So I, I, I dig fuzz Rocha stuff in general. Um, I mean, I guess like Strymon would go without saying, I mean, those guys get that their tone chasing ability is incredible. Their reverbs um, are amazing. <clears throat> yeah, they really are. I mean, I've, the only reason um, I didn't get the blue skies because there's already two of them in the band. So I got the Flint, which is like the reverb tremolo yeah. uh, pedal. Um, really dig that one. Uh, and it's a pretty integral part to, to some of the songs we're doing. And, um, <clears throat> and then I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say the line six DL four because that piece of crap breaks all the time, but <laughs> I can't live without it. It, um, I mean, I'm that's a lot to, of delays you got there. So it's it's definitely a Swiss Army knife, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've gone through uh, so many of them. It 
it's always disappointing when they break, but it's also inevitable. There, there, there are ways around it, I think. Um, but uh, I haven't, I haven't moved there yet. But it's, it'll probably happen soon. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, next time it breaks, I might just get fed up and get a get one of the one of the alternatives. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been using that one forever. You know, Dave from Minus Barry, who's like four of those things, and he's got like two backups because they break all the time. Uh, but uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. love pedal. I think I counted. I counted all of our pedals the other day, and it was like seventy something. Wow. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was shocked that that was that many pedals, and that I could count that high. <laughs> you. <laughs> I feel like given your job, you 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 got the counting no, down now, right? <laughs> I can. I'm really good at fractions too. <laughs> there you go. So, Johnny, you got the whole package. Yeah, dude. I, I we'll see. You know, it's a lifelong struggle <laughs> keeping all that stuff and in the back of my head there <laughs> very nice well yeah, yeah man that's uh god it's hilarious because yeah i remember looking at it and i was trying to see how you guys are getting all those awesome sounds and that's that makes sense with the fuzz with fuzz Rocious. are you using their rat at all um i'm using uh the demon oh, two okay. different demons one of them has like a, a clean boost on it and a different setting uh so two demons and then the uh the afterlife reverb pedal uh which is cool because it's got that it's got that extra um I, I don't know what kind of switch you would call it but you just you know you you hold the switch down and it creates a reverb swell um oh. that's pretty pretty neat um i use that for a part that i wish i had found before we recorded the record but <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those little changes that little little things that have that, you know that happen after the fact but yeah for sure yep well very cool johnny well thank you so much for your time man and uh i definitely look forward to seeing you guys and i really really look forward to hearing what you guys put out in the future yeah man come say hey for sure that would be awesome um and for everybody else listening november 9th marquee theater in denver it's gonna be a good time with the Appleseed cast it's been a pleasure being on tour with those dudes yeah that is uh, a stacked tour my goodness i saw that i was like that is an amazing I- lineup yeah, really a dream tour for us. Those guys are super nice dudes and an excellent musician. So it's really an absolute pleasure. Nice, man. Very cool. Johnny, I can't thank you enough, man, and safe drive and safe travels. Hey, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on Facebook at 90.5 KCSU, on our website at kcsufm.com, and over the airways at 90.5.